Welcome everyone to episode 47 of the HO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology related matters and much more besides. I'm your host, Michael Lonnan, and in this episode, I flagged down a Dublin bound removal van to grab Microsoft's Jamie Bulmer for a chat about why having easily accessible data connected across your operational systems is so important in delivering a more personal customer experience and how you can make it happen. So grab a brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Tea or coffee? Oh, actually, tea during the day, but I have to have a coffee in the morning to get started. I've had a couple of mix-ups um, recently with that. How do you have your coffee then? So coffee white and two, um, but I'm not I'm not a big fan of freeze-dried instant. I'm I'm a bit of a coffee snob, so I'll I'll take a latte. And if I can get a latte, I I, I much prefer it on the sort of very dry roasted end. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with a good latte. I love a latte. London or Dublin? Oh, Dublin, actually. Is that is that by nature where you uh, where you've changed to? I've I've spent um I've spent probably the best part of fifteen years backwards and forwards to London, and obviously you know worked in and around Lloyd's and you know a lot of the banks down at Canary Wharf. Mm-hmm. It is an amazing, really vibrant city, and certainly a very good laugh to go out in. There's a coldness, I think, still about London, probably because it is so large. That I must admit, when I started visiting Dublin a lot, I, I really did feel I got on a lot with people that just happened to be around. I mean, you can just chat to anyone anywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's a real kind of niceness to everything um, that, that goes on. Yeah. And, it, and it's much smaller as well. It's much more kind of community sort of feel. Rich and famous or rich and unknown? Oh, definitely rich and unknown. <laughs> I um, I can't see the point in being famous or rich if people are going to harass you about it so you know the most important asset we have is our time and i think the longer you have to spend you know justifying your existence to other people the less you have to spend on yourself and those around you very good james product first or customer first definitely customer first i think there's a level of understanding about a specific customer that goes a really long way and do you know what there, if we look just at the technology market, I mean, there are more products out there than you would probably readily admit to. And so, you know, there's usually a product that fits or nearly fits most situations. So I would much rather it be right for the customer and, you know, choose amongst the products that are available. Yeah, I think that's where most organizations, especially vendors, are, are leaning towards kind of solving mm-hmm. pain points first as opposed to creating a product and then working out what the need is afterwards, which is never yeah. in my And I think that's one of the aspects that I've been really lucky with, because if we think about the kinds of applications that I sell at Microsoft, they're less products and more platforms that you can deliver a wide range of customer-centric use cases against. So, you know, using them out of the box, they're, they're probably, you know, not, not very suitable for very much. But when you consider them in the context of what they can be used to drive, given that customer knowledge and intimacy, I think that's the the big thing. And, and as part of that um, customer knowledge and intimacy and, and the kind of the platforms that you're particularly focused on, creating a, a more coordinated or connected customer experience is, is part of, of where you a lot of your conversations go with financial service companies. Uh, but why is it important to be able to deliver a good customer experience? You know, I think when each of us looks into our <clears throat> own private customer experiences, you know, I think the things that we're really after are getting 
what we want, not necessarily in the fastest possible time, not necessarily even the exact, exact thing we imagined, but getting to a point where we feel happy about our purchase. And so, you know, if you think about it in the business of experience rather than necessarily rack and stack, and, that, you know, that has its place in people's minds as well, I think that's where we need to be. And I think certainly my customers in the banks they they tend to just like we do see it as customer led and experience focused and so probably those last two questions were very pertinent because we you know try and create the right experience for people that brings them back time and again because of the combination of having the right product for the right customer and the right buying experience when they when they get there as part of knowing enough about your customer to create that connected buying experience, then it's about creating that unified or having a unified view of each customer in the easier to understand needs and wants and, and deliver that personal experience. It's kind of central to what we do. And again, if you think to your own buying experiences or even service experiences or marketing experiences, people don't like to be asked the same things over and again. And remember when you're dealing with customers, you know, it's the company's view to the customer, not necessarily the individual. So if you speak to five people at a bank and they, you know, they don't seem joined up, then the bank doesn't seem very joined up. Yeah. And that's ultimately what we're trying to drive is that everyone sings from the same hymn sheet, has the same availability of what the customer's needs and experiences um, should be. Um, and so to that degree, I think it becomes a story of being able to stitch together the maximum amount of digestible information in the shortest possible time to the employees and colleagues of that institution or bank that you're working with, because you know ultimately people can only take on so much. So yeah. it's as much about filtering through the noise at that point as it is anything else and, and delivering relevancy to those individuals that engage with customers. So how can you create then, from a, from a financial service point of view, the banks, insurance companies, how can you create that, that connected view? You were talking to a, a bank who was who's thinking, right, we need to up our game when it comes to application development that's more personalised. How might they go about approaching those sorts of things? Well, I think certainly understanding and grouping your customers into the areas of interest that they might have would be one place to start. Understanding the next conversations that happen and people's life points is another place to start. Um, but ultimately, bringing it together in a relevant context and delivering it to people on a channel of their choice is really where, you know, we want to strive to be. And so, you know, when you bring all of those things together, I think that, you know, having a consistency of data understanding about a customer help us drive a relevant insight to a colleague that has, you know, that kind of set of tools and automation processes and systems available to them to be able to easily meet the customer where they need to be proactively and reactively, offer them the best service that they can. I think that that's really where we should be in terms of our technology approach. And that's not the same for every customer um, that they will meet. So we need to have a range of pathways to that, depending on who that customer is. And what sort of platforms are we talking about then to create those different experiences? Um, so for me, there's actually three areas. And okay. and. The three areas, they can't live independently. They have to live together. You know, most banks will have a core banking platform or insurance companies will have a core underwriting platform that will provide their systems of record. These should be transactionally focused. They should be lightweight as much as possible, highly reliable, and they should be the system 
that provides the master record of that customer's transactional necessities. We should have systems of insight which understand all of that customer transaction information and provide in collaboration with the customer data, if you know what I mean, the, the, the profile of that individual, yeah. um, a set of relevant conversations. But the third system, which is perhaps the most important one, is the systems of engagement. And they're how we take all of that good stuff that's been done in the record and insight areas and actually surface it to customers via our colleagues. In my view, you know, Microsoft has great systems of engagement that are able to be able to be flexible enough to deliver that experience in the right way across the mobile and web scenarios, into mm. branches through things like tablet applications, onto contact centers, first party telephony, video advisory, SMS, Teams chat, mobile chat, collaborative chat as well. Um, so, you know, a wide range of engagement chat Channels that we we just wouldn't be able to reach if we were trying to build something ourselves from scratch to to be able to wrap to the modern world, you know. And, and when things like WhatsApp or, or Twitter arrive, there's a, a a kind of a new mechanism to ensure that that Microsoft engagement system interacts well with it. If we just move back down to the systems of engagement, uh, sorry, the systems of insight, you know, and we start to look down the Microsoft stack and away from business applications, Power Platform, LinkedIn, <clears throat> you know, those kind of elements uh, and the office stack. And we start to think much more about how we're going to react with our data story uh, and our understanding story. That's when really those underpinning Azure services really come to the fore because it gives us a way of being able to utilize the very large quantities of data that we have from engagement and record. In a, in a meaningful way. And then even when you think across to the systems of record, Microsoft don't really write a core banking platform or a core underwriting platform. But through our partnerships across those vertical industries with key players like Temenos and Fiserv uh, and uh, Guidewire and, and Duck Creek, we're striving to ensure that the same IDMV security access management and all of those shared services from the Azure world are permitted to run those systems of record. And so when you look at a lot of their offerings, you know, they're able to be executed in the cloud on Azure as part of our trusted program for financial services, FSI compliance programs around the yep. world. What's the challenge? What is the challenge for financial services in trying to in try to create these connected views? I think a lot of the time the challenge is history. Okay. And when you look at the infrastructure that, that's been provisioned, you know, over inside the case of some banks, I mean, I've, I've worked with a couple of banks that were founded in 1647. So there is a legacy. Yeah. Um, in technology terms, in, in both banking insurance and capital markets. And th that technical debt needs to be repaid at some point. And as you start to see successful migrations to things like the Power Platform, uh, where we're driving inclusion of our business users alongside professional developers to speed up that transition from technical debt through into modern prototyping, it's really a heartening place to be. When we look at the inclusion of the dynamic story as a very rounded platform that gives us key capabilities across the sales and service organizations of the bank. And, and also when we start to look a little bit deeper than that around some of the automation solutions that we're developing and the integration solutions underneath that, I think we are getting to the point now where if you were to design a bank on a blank sheet of paper, it would probably look more like the Microsoft diagram that you see in the presentation than it would the monolithic 
kind of solutions that we tend to come across in some you know of our customers with with a lot of legacy and and, and technical debt and that's not to say that those transitions aren't possible um, transitioning from that you know through to to something modern and, and customer centric is, is always a possible thing to do it's just the rate of change and the priority of change as well you know different banks and, and fs institutions have different priorities and so you know if you're a very customer service focused organization you would probably start that journey in an engagement system um, because that's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck whereas if you're a fintech you're probably going to start the other end in the core platform and the system of record because again that's going to give you the the biggest bang for your buck so you know i think it's a the different is the journey is different for everybody so that's about working out what you need what priorities you need to to focus on and work absolutely many financial services companies struggle to map customer journeys particularly where customers have more than one product and jamie believes that true customer personalization happens when data is connected across applications and systems this is of course a challenge particularly where those systems are outdated and difficult to use but the rewards of connecting customer touch points are worth it starting off by reducing the time and cost of manually manipulating data. And by connecting systems and bringing data together, you get the insight needed to create personal engagement for apps to emails and from products to services. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves.